G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. We better rip into some Warriors chat, mate. We've got Dwayne Man on the line, so I'll let you introduce our next guest. Wah! Yeah, thanks, Is It's only been two rounds into the NRL season, but Warriors supporters are already trying to ignore that niggling feeling, aren't they? That this team isn't heading in the right direction anytime fast. But they lost to the Tottenham, saw basic mistakes and a lack of effort, which led Nathan Brown calling on his players to lift for their club. Well, only two weeks into the year, that's not the sort of message Brownie was hoping to promote. And here we have Dwayne Mann with Mana. Right throughout his career, and as many would love nothing more, especially Wayne, to talk about the Warriors, who would have hopefully, like me, got them two wins up front, but they didn't. Um, he wasn't just the good player, Wa, captaining every team that he played for, from Warrington to the Warriors to the Kiwis. Um, and Tonga nearly got us in the 95 World Cup, but um, thank, thank God Richard Blackmore decided to play by himself. Um, and great on the guitar. He's on the line with us today. Good good, good man, Wark. How are you going, Wark? How are you this morning? Very good, gentlemen. Very good. And um, good to be on. And um, hearing you two talk about fashion, well, you know, when people have great fashion taste, well, it, it, it never goes out of date and it comes back around. So, uh, yeah, keep, look, keep looking for what, what makes you look cool, guys. <laughs> yeah, mate. Yeah, well, I, I remember... Just quickly, I remember Nomads was the shoes we had back in the day, you know, and if you had a little tag on there, you know, which uh, your laces were attached to, you you were, you were pretty cool, so uh, Nomads were the one for shoes. Yeah, yeah. You, you still got yours, I know that. You still you still wear those proudly, Wa. Hey, um, mate, True. we'll get we'll get stuck straight into it. Um, I know you I know you're a real keen league man, and you know I've had a lot to do with the game over the years, and still do. You know, we were having a good chat about it yesterday. What's your take on the the start to the season for the Warriors? Where do you where do you see um, some of the key issues that Browning has to deal with? Well, he's got a few. Um, I, I mean, first up on Brownie, I've always admired Brownie. Was you know he's not a um, he's not a, an experienced coach. He, he's you know he's been coaching a long time. You know, I think when he pressed for the job, you know, he, he described himself as as a, a Mister Fixit. You know, he'd, he'd go in clubs into clubs and be able to turn them around. So, you know, he's hugely experienced, and I've always admired his honesty. Um, you know, he's up front with his heart on his sleeve. He, he's quite open with his emotions and and, and his thoughts, and um, so you know it, it's it's not about hanging hanging him on his uh, on his words, but more so on his results, you know, and and, and that's going to be the one that you know we've got 14th and 15th uh, team squaring up against each other on Friday night, and um, you know, and two of the coaches under most pressure, and, and Michael Maguire and and and, and Brownie, but um, yeah, you know, that, I mean, the way that they. They finished their year last year pretty horrible. So they were on a seven-game losing streak, and then their last three games in particular were pretty poor. So my expectations of them coming in and starting the season well, um, whilst I always hoped it would be great, I wasn't expecting them to start on fire. And as we saw the preseason unfold, you know, they didn't really get the amount of preseason games under their belt. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, yes, disappointing the way that they're playing. Um, but not unexpected, mate. What's a just from your take, Juan? You've played, you know, obviously um, a, a lot of football across a lot of 
um, different teams and in different countries. What's your take on on getting teams to sort of gel when you've got, I guess, this new breed, this new um, breed of player which is brought up and raised in Australia, who's a Kiwi, and then you've got these Kiwi players and now they're playing in Australia. Do you, can you see that um, dynamic being a bit of a problem or an asset? What, what's your thoughts on that? Uh, I think, I think you've always got to look at look at things, you know, when, and, and, and the modern football player does, you know, look looks through things with a glass half full mentality, and, and I know Brownie probably does as well. But I, th- I think there's something where maybe they're trying to manufacture something rather than it's authentically uh, showing up. And, you know, I know Brownie, Brownie said they wanted to play a positive type of football, but the reality is they've got they've got far too many novice players in there and so it's going to come with a lot of errors and mistakes. But this thing about you know the uh, the boys in Aussie and, and, and the boys here, I, I just I don't think that they're we're not seeing that personality. We're not seeing that that come through. And and it, and it should be able to foster when you've got guys like Walsh and Chanel, uh, Harris, Tavita, who who are very very similar and and have this sort of ability. You know, they're quick on their feet. They're mobile. They're courageous. Um, they can play with a bit of toughness as well, um, but we're not quite seeing that, that authentic personality and style in the game. And, and even with Fanua Blake and, and Josh Curran, geez, I forget he, he's only 22. So they've got um, some players who have a bit of footwork and a bit of razzle dazzle, but we're not quite seeing that that you turn. I know it's early days, but um, yeah, it's got to be. It's got to come naturally around the player's personality when you play when you're looking for a style of player. And, and I guess if we saw that in, in the way that uh, the storm would would yeah, around around their, their spine, and and um, and of the last few seasons with what uh, McCleary has done with the Panthers, it's just you know it's an authentic type of natural football that, that's from the players' personalities. So Dwayne, thanks for coming on the show, mate. Um, I'm a Doc Martin kind of man too, so those are my shoes back in the day. <laughs> really um, mate, with the Warriors, with the Warriors. Watching their game and, and and the missed opportunities and, and Nathan Brown coming out and saying that look they, they dropped a few sitters in front of the line, is it are they easy fixes? Can he fix that easy? Is that a mental um, thing that they're not not quite nailing during the week that's kind of showing on the Saturday, or is it for me? I feel like it's it's normal, you know, and it's normalised in the Warriors when they do make mistakes. It's actually there's not really too much accountability for the mistakes. And does that come from during the week uh, when they're training? Are they not being put under enough pressure? So when those pressure moments come on that they're not nailing them, is it, uh, you know, a coaching kind of style? Where do you see that um, coming from? Yeah, it's, 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 um, it should be an easy fix. And, and you know, Izzy, it's, it's kind of, you know, when you're, when you're in that zone and your team's in that flow, um, you, you catch those passes that are a little bit behind you. You mm. make those tackles where you know you, you're, you're reaching and grabbing. And um, but there's an there is an issue with with uh, and I talk about this authenticity. There is an issue with their leadership and Kempi knows it goes back through the club for a long while. But you know they've got um, when you have some of your best players off the field too long. Well, who's who, who's leading the team? And when you've got mm. novice players, not rookie players, you've got novice players who have only played, you know, 20, 30 games of rugby league, um, full stop. Um, so you're going to get those sort of gaps in leadership and ability and, and passes being able to stick. Um, so it's not a not an easy fix, but but it can be fixed. And and but when you've got this combination of um, sort of some absent leadership, 
um, some leadership still developing, and just out-and-out novice players, um, you're going to get these things that, uh, like, drop mm. balls near the try line and and being scored against, uh, you know, within a minute of the, of the kickoff. Yeah, look, there's, and and they did. They missed the jump early on, put themselves 12 points behind. Um, it's, you know, the same old story, really, that we've been seeing over a number of years. Uh, well, just a, a little bit about this. Richie, Richie Blackmore talked about this, pretty much the same thing. He said, oh, it's pretty pretty structured and, and they're not allowing to express themselves. And you're, what you're saying is this authentic, um, authentic personality is about football and allowing them to, to get into the game. What, what how, how do you do that, mate? Like, just let us know how do you if you've got a, a you know there's this question around oh there's too many Polynesians aside that one that one grates me um, there's look, there's too many Polynesians if you if you've got that argument there's too many Polynesians in the competition <laughs> that, that, that's why the that's why the competition's <laughs> so great um, but how do you how do you get them to express that with the confidence to know that they can go out and win with it because for for me like Richie it does look like they're a bit afraid to attack. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, um, what I, I guess it's you know it, it is built around um, what all the coaches are doing. It's it's your leadership group taking taking control of what happens on the footy field, and so I mentioned this gap in leadership. I mean, I mean the the two player of the year is the last who who have won it um, three in a row. I, I think was Roger Tuivasa Sheik, and the other one was. Um, was uh, Toho Harris, you know, so, so there's a big hole of two players n- n- not even on the field and, and one, one left. Um, so it's around the developing of leaders and, and you know, and I, so that, that's how it's fixed. And, and I, you know, I assume Nathan Brown is doing that in terms of, you know, all the decision-making and on-field stuff being left to the players. But, but when, when I look at it through on, on the outside and, and I see, like, the performance of Ash Taylor, it's way too mm. poor, you know. This is a guy should, you know, should be fighting for his contract, fighting for his, you know, for his career. He's playing against his former club, and he did a couple of good things well. But if that's his best performance and showing hunger, then then that's a long way off the mark in terms of uh, the coach-player relationship and 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 the player digging deep for the team and for himself. So, are you saying that Sean Johnson needs to take the Crocs off and put the Bogues on? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, Sean coming back, I, I thought it was a great, great thing, you know, because, um, uh, and not, not for the thing of, you know, being able to mentor Walsh and Chanel you know, to be Harris, but, but just Sean to do something for a club that he always loves. And, and, you know, he's just such, such an, you know, talent and, and, and things he can do that other players can't do. And that's, that's, I guess, the key. It's, it's not the things where the coach is coaching players. It's the stuff like we saw, uh, um, a while ago with Chanel Harris doing this freaky sort of backheel kick with the ball, um, just let the, giving the players to, to, to let loose on themselves. And Josh Curran is showing that with, with his, Egan's kind of showing that with his, with his ability. But, you know, um, uh, and uh, Adam Fennell Blake, you know, his, his two performances in the opening rounds, um, you know, but, so there's something there in the players. It just needs to, they just need to be you know, unleashed a bit more, a lot more. So from here, mate, just one final question before we let you go. What do they need to do to beat the Tigers this weekend? Well, the Tigers are, are, are another horrible side. So, um, you know, they're, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the Tigers will beat themselves, to be honest. I mean, you know, Hastings is, is out and he, he's probably one of their better players. I don't, I'm not too sure if Adam Dewey's back, back playing or not. Um, Tamo's out. Um, so, 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 
you know, Ken Mamalo, he's you know, I'd be weary of Ken. He, he's he's one of the top try scorers so far after two rounds. Uh, he will have something to to want to want to say against the Warriors, but um, you know the Tigers are really really horrible. They only scored four points last week. You know the Warriors have shown they can they can get across the try line and score a mm. couple of tries. So there's point there's points in them. There's points in in, in this Warriors team. Um, you know, and so what they have to do is 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 I think it's playing with personality. You had, how do you get that confidence? Well, they're 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 a long way from winning, and what winning feels like. Yeah, you, you guys know. You know, once you've got got that win then things things kind of happen and you know the Bulldogs had that winning feeling uh, um, uh, so you know if they can get that back this week which I'd expect them to then they've got a couple of uh, games coming up against you know the Broncos Cowboys and Roosters which put them back in, um, in, in the fighting seat for points so it's all on this week with the Warriors well mate yeah thanks a lot for coming on this morning why you go out and you just get some of that nice um, polish that leather polish to put back on those nomads that you wear around every day, so that you can preserve them. I think, I think um, you know the the comments that you made around the personality. Um, mm. You know the individual player producing his best. Uh, I, look, I, I totally agree with you with the inexperience and the lack of leadership. That's you know when you're getting losses back to back, that's what's missing uh, is really relevant. But thanks a lot for coming on, mate. We'll talk to you soon. No problem. Jeez, Keep up the great uh, show, guys. I, I haven't listened to any yet, but I did. But I'm from now on. You're the best, Wai. You're the best. <laughs> he's a good no, man. Brother. He's a good man. Uh, is he, Dwayne? He in the. I don't, I don't know if the All Blacks have it, but he was our music man when I was on the Kiwi team. So he carried the guitar around. And I and, and no word of a lie. There's we were at this party one night after a test match and. Um, and he would play out all the old songs, you know, ten guitars and and yeah. all the all the crowded house, and yeah, you know, he knows all the words and all the chords. He's a three chord man and very good on the guitar. I'm sitting there watching him one night, and he's playing the he's playing the song, and he goes to sleep, and he's fast <laughs> asleep. So he's half half through the song, and goes to sleep, and we we just carry on partying and talking. No, we'd have lied about an hour later. He wakes up. So, and in the same song, and starts playing, and picks up exactly where he took off from. <laughs> Mate, just a champion party man, you know. Like so, he's um, he was he's you know, from that from that famous man whānau with Georgie Man, um, you know, and and George Man Senior. His father was a Kiwi as well, and of course, Don Man was the marketing manager for the Warriors for so many years. So. That rugby league knowledge uh, that he brings to the table, what I like about him is that he tells it as it is. The flair's been coached out of the Warriors for years. It's not just Nathan Brown's fault, and that is from Jamie. That is their identity. That is why we watch their game, watch their matches back in the day when they just threw it all over the show. They enthralled, they excited, and they got everyone up and about. So uh, great to have we chat about the Warriors. We'll keep that coming out through the week because Friday they take on the West Tigers and hopefully they can get their season off to a start with a win. Anyway, right now it's time to, time to talk some Super Rugby All-Picky. Super Rugby All-Picky Year 1 is in the books and although the competition was played in some muddling circumstances, the passion and skill was seen across the board in a massive year for women's rugby. It was Chiefs Manawa who got it right with the staunch defence and explosive attack to take the inaugural trophy. Chelsea Semple, formerly known as Chelsea Alley, is a friend of the show and will be loving she's got bragging rights over not just the other teams, but her new husband, James, who was coaching the Blues. And, well, 35 nil that's an absolute hiding. And Chelsea is on the line right now. Good morning, Chelsea. 
Morning, guys. How are we? Morning. Morena. Very, very good. We're up and about today, mate. Congratulations. First one under the yeah. belt and, wow, emphatic, emphatic uh, yeah. style hey, on thanks, Sunday, mate. Thanks, Izzy. It was, um, yeah, it was something bloody special to be a part of, to be honest. And, um, yeah, I woke up this morning feeling feeling a little bit healthier than yesterday morning as we, we did celebrate. <laughs> but, um, nice. <laughs> Yeah, it's been, uh, it's been a whirlwind few weeks for me, a bit of a journey, but um, yeah, so still so just buzzing over the whole thing, to be honest. How was uh, how was the banter with James, mate? Have you been get, paying him out for the last couple of nights? Has he been taking it like a man? Yeah, mate, we we just we um, had it packed beforehand, just saying, you know, whoever, if someone's <laughs> going to win here, so let's just make sure our um, we don't rub it in at home on Monday. We're pretty gracious about it, but... Uh, my banter was, was pretty good, but I wore my champion shirt all day. I wore my chief shirt all day. So <laughs> everywhere he turned, he saw chief champion 2022. So it's been good. <laughs> oh, make him, make him pay, Chelsea. Make him pay. Yeah. Hey, um, the, the, the theme for you guys in the final, what was it? Uh, we wanted to, the, the theme, we, we wanted to um, unleash pretty much. Um, we, what did you call we it? We, what do we call our, our theme? Yeah. Oh, it was it was all around our tunny fast. It was called Unleash Our Tunny Fast. Oh, awesome, awesome. I thought it might be yeah. the graveyard, but yeah, we'll go with that one. <laughs> no, yeah, well, we, we, we played some okay rugby, some good rugby throughout our picky, mm. but we knew we never would have actually really get our, our full potential out there. And we had some amazing players and amazing mm. coaching staff. And yeah, we, we couldn't quite string together many seasons we needed to so the last game was all about that and trying to put put on display what we thought um was some exciting women's rugby and i, I think we got there in the end mate tell, tell us about the challenges uh that you guys your, your team had to face i know you had a bit of covid disruption throughout the the couple of weeks how, how was that during that time and and how were you able to alan bunting mate tell us about his coaching style and how he was able to unite and bring you girls all together to to get that performance that you put on sunday yeah, we came up uh, uh, um, against so many different obstacles. Eh? Like, obviously, the competition, the whole structure changed. Um, for us, our, our Chiefs team, we had we only had literally a couple of weekend camps together. Um, we had a couple mm. of camps fully cancelled, and then one cancelled halfway because of COVID. Um, yeah, myself, I had some personal challenges. I only joined the team halfway through the competition because because of COVID, mm. and I wasn't the only one. That. So we just yeah. had to constantly adapt to what was in front of us and we just stayed really true to what we wanted to do um, and that was obviously um, play some bloody good uh, rugby for the country to see to get behind women's rugby and Alan Bunting, yeah, he was a massive part of that. Um, I'd never been coached by him but I, I've yeah. only heard great things from my mates in the sevens team um, and he Whoa. is just... He, he oozes mana, that man, and he just he can bring a group together. Um, he's a man of not many words, but he's just, yeah. he just creates an environment where everyone can 100% be themselves and express themselves. And yeah, it was it was an unreal, unreal um, environment to be part of. Oh, it looks like I, I, I've been wondering how um, how good and and what kind of style Alan Bunting um, instills in the in the Chiefs from watching what he was able to do with the seven skills and and seeing the stack side that you girls had 
on Sunday. Uh, it was no surprises that you got the job done in the end. Um, tell us about the movement, Super Rugby All Picky. What Going into next year, we talked about it earlier on the show, how do you want to see it evolve and what kind of a format would you like to see come from this? I know it was a congested kind of form at the moment and, and that was COVID kind of because of COVID. How would you like to see it uh, pan out next year? Yeah, I, I think um, for me personally, I think it achieved what I'd hope it, it would achieve and that was just to get mm. a buzz a, a buzz around women's rugby again in the country and all the comments mm. and, and people I've seen and heard talking about it, about the exciting games and the, the level of talent on display is, it's bloody encouraging. So, to me, next year I think there's a want and there's a need to see the the whole competition um, evolve into a, a much bigger competition, a longer competition. And mm. for me, like the way the the Super Women's Rugby Comp's going over in Aussie, I believe there's there's scope to you know do what the men do and play a Trans Tasman style competition. Um, and yeah, just just grow it and have a few more full-time contracts because that was the other really yeah. tough thing was that the women mm. they had to to be in that bubble uh, it wasn't easy there was a lot of girls had to get time off work some girls had to pull out of teams there was girls having to try find mm. childcare, um and all of that stuff so a bit more support around the, the players that are playing in Opiki, um to make it mm. easier on them personally and then yeah just the competition expanding yeah, well, hopefully that the uh, NZRU bring out that um, that money that they've just pulled in and start paying more <laughs> women and extending your competition, Chelsea. Look, I was I was really impressed with you guys. I thought um, I was watching the game, thinking their school levels was really were, were mm. really on on um, point. Um, Mr. Bunting, you know, like what what was the you know we've been talking a lot about identity this morning and and allowing you know players to get out there and really trust each other. What what was the main, I guess for you, the main attraction that was created within your in your team that allowed you to do that? Um, yeah, he he's just a he's a guy that really encourages you to be you and to really express yourself. And he, he'd ask us to be courageous um, in everything mm. you do and do one courageous thing every day. Mm. And but he, he'd do that himself as well. He's actually um, he's quite a shy guy, um, but he he would get up in front of the team and just you know start rapping or start dancing and and that type of thing, and that was him showing us that, that he could be courageous too, and he wanted us to to be able to do that, and I think that it helped like um, create trust between us and him because he'd never do anything, he'd never get us to do anything that he wouldn't do himself as well, um, mm. and. Yeah, we did lots of little things like in the jersey presentations and stuff. Would um, would would say what it meant to us, and girls would really open up and be really vulnerable. Mm. And this team is a, is a team that I've felt the safest space to really open up and be vulnerable and share your journey and share your challenges. And, and again, that built that trust in our team and the trust in each other. And I got to know all of the girls and our management on such a deeper level and I think that what I've learned over the years and, and as a year or two in your rugby is that the more you know and understand the players around you, the more you trust mm. them and the more connected you are both on and off the field. So I think that was something that, that made us really special. 
Awesome, awesome, mate. That's so special. Thank you so much for sharing that, Chelsea Simple, Chiefs Manawa champion and absolute favourite of our show, mate. Thank you so much for coming on, Chelsea. Appreciate it. Me, guys. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a good day. There you go. That was Chelsea Simple. She won on Sunday for Chiefs Manawa. We will be back very, very soon. For We've got Andy Lee on the line. You would struggle to find a more committed person, let alone athlete, than Sonny Bill Williams. His career might have started with elite talent and athleticism, but it blossomed with dedication and mindfulness. And that's why if I'm a, if I'm former AFL player turned boxer Barry Hall right now, I am packing myself. SBW has travelled to the other side of the world to put himself deep in the hurt box alongside Joseph Parker and Tyson Fury. He's worked with the world-class trainer Andy Lee to push himself and leaves no stone unturned. How could, how good can he be? I guess we'll start to find out tomorrow night when he steps back in the ring to deal to Barry Hall. Andy Lee is a legend of the fight game. and He's up early in Sydney to join us on our show for the second time. We love having you on. Morning, Andy. Good morning, good morning. Yeah, I am up early. I, um, <laughs> I forgot all about their calls, and then I just phone started buzzing. I said, "I better see who it is." <laughs> good man. Good man. Thanks good for coming on, you. mate. Good to speak hey, to you, um, lads. Yeah, great to have you on, Andy. Wait, how's the how's the last couple of weeks been for you and, and Sunny Bill Williams, mate? It's been a big couple of weeks. Yeah, just well, like most of the hard work was done in in Ireland. Um, Sunny mm. Bill came over early January to um, Ireland. And um, I'd met him, he came to Joseph Parker's fight in December mm. for the last week, just to have a look. And um, I, I, I don't know, I guess he was sussing us out there and seeing what the setup was. But he asked, he, he asked first, yeah, like this type of guy he is, first he wanted to make sure I was okay with Joseph. So he asked Joseph first, could he, could he speak to me about coming over? And then Joseph, of course, gave him the approval. And then he approached me to come, could he come and possibly train? And I just said, come, yeah, come to Dublin. Um, I'll help you out and show you show you a few you know show you a few things, but um, I never imagined I'd come to Australia. Um, but when you meet Sonny Bill and you you you, you like, get to know the type of person he is, you know you can't, you can't help but like him. And um, it was actually my wife who said to me, "You better go over there with him because he needs you." You know, he you better go over there with mm. him and um, see the job through. You know, because we were doing such great work and. My wife could see how, how much, and I could see how much desire, desire he has for the sport of boxing, mm. and how much he wants to improve. And um, and and you guys know from sport that, you know, mm. one week and all the good work you do, but you do one week of bad work and uh, all becomes undone. So um, mm. it was important that we stay together. So yeah, and and as as our relationship progressed, he asked me to try to be his full time trainer, and uh, yeah, I. I, I I'm excited about about Sonny Bill and where he can go in, in boxing because you 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 all know his natural ability, his natural talent, his coordination, mm. but his hunger and his desire um, mm. was something that just stood out to me. And uh, listen, he's a big, strong man, and he has natural ability, natural coordination. He's fresh in the game. I know mm. he's 36, but he hasn't got a lot of miles on the clock in boxing. Um, and we might not see the best of him tomorrow night because I. As you saw with Joseph Parker, it takes time to affect change. You know, with, with a new coach yeah. and with a new style, mm. it takes time for that to embed. But um, over, over the next, like over the next six to seven months, um, I, I, I'm excited about where where he'll be. And uh, mm. yeah, I think you know he wins 
beats Barry Hall, which is a serious fight. It's not like these are, you know, celebrity boxers. Sonny's dedicated himself, mm. and I consider Sonny a boxer mm. now, as much as a rugby player. But Barry Hall's a mm. boxer. He grew up boxing all his life, and uh, so he has that. He kind of has that. Um, he's kind of got an advantage on Sonny because he's got more, a bit more experience than Sonny even though Sonny has the more mm. fights. Um, so it's just a serious fight, and it's not an easy fight for Sonny. Um, but if he comes through well, and then we start picking picking the right opponents, um, and not, not so much fighting ex, ex-sports stars from different different sports, start fighting real fighters and uh, stepping up. I think, you know, after two years of that, I think he, he'll be a contender because of what I've seen so far. I'm people might think I'm crazy on trying to um, hype hype the fight, but that's that's my genuine, honest opinion. Yeah, I know you'll definitely be honest, Andy Lee. Um, we appreciate all that kind of statement. We've been talking about it briefly uh, before you got on air, mate. Quickly, how deep did he have to go, and and what kind of um, dark holes did he have to go through in Morecambe? Can you share a bit of detail about the training that he had to be put through over in Morecambe with Tyson? I saw a wee bit on. On the social, it looked torturous, but tell us a bit more about that. Well, you know, with everything with Tyson, he's a test, you know, he test, <laughs> tests everybody. And he, he, I was, I went over as a coach and he was testing me, you know, uh, with these, <laughs> with these, <laughs> with these hill runs. Like, you know, he, he just makes, wants to see where you're at and uh, bring you on these hill runs. And, you know, it's supposed to be two miles and all of a sudden six miles, you know, you're, you're up a hill. And, uh, and then, uh, like, one day for Sonny, he got in and it was supposed to just be a normal session. It's just, just you know, Sonny's just coming. I think it was Sonny's first day. And I had like, there were four rounds in. And Sonny says, I was gassed. They were doing body sparring. And uh, there were four rounds in. And Tyson, Tyson Fury, I think there was a look between Joseph Parker and Tyson Fury. And they both laughed. And Tyson Fury said, 15 rounds, 15 rounds. And Sonny said, I was gassed at this stage. And uh, <laughs> so uh, they pushed him through, you know, they pushed him through. And, you know, they were changing partners, change, you know, changing partners. And I think... Joseph was with um, the cruiserweight David Nika, and then you know he got him good and tired. And then Tyson says, "Come on now, now you're now you're with me for the last few." <laughs> and Sonny said, "Oh, Sonny said I was blacking out." He said, "I was like seeing, you know, when you see those bright lights, those bright lights behind your eyes." <laughs> but uh, listen, he went. For, he didn't. He didn't. Uh, he didn't fold anyway, Sonny. So he passed all the tests, and uh, he got the approval of the Gypsy King. Hey Andy, yeah. about the um, yeah, about the cool. talent that you've seen in Sonny, what what is it like? Is it from a from an asset point of view? Is it that he has a, a knockout punch? Is it that he has good footwork? Um, when you're looking at him from a coach's perspective, what what made you say that he could fight the best heavyweights in the world? Um, he's, that's, he's, for a big man, he's very coordinated and. He's got a very good jab already. Before I even started with him, he had a good jab, um, and there's a rawness to him. But what you know, he just lacked the technique and how to how to how to use that talent and um, correctly. He's naturally heavy-handed, and he doesn't have to like. I think a big part of his problem and why you might have saw him getting tired in his previous fights was because he was trying to punch hard. And when you try to throw hard punches all the time, it's like, you know, it's like your energy bar. Every time you throw a hard punch, it just goes down and down and down and down and down. Um, but he's naturally heavy-handed. He doesn't have to try and hit hard. Um, you just let the punches flow. That's 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 what we've worked on. Um, but it's, yeah. I, I What I think, yeah, Sonny Bell naturally coordinated. 
heavy handed, naturally hand, heavy handed, good quality, good jab, but just the mindset, the mindset that separates separates everyone, every athlete. You know, you know yourself, lads. You, you've been around the top, top people. It's how they think. What goes on in between their ears that separates them from everybody else? Because everyone's got talent to a certain extent. Everyone has ability. And if, if you're if you're a big heavyweight, if you're six foot five plus and uh, 108 eight kilos, you're gonna have you're gonna be able to hit hard. But mm. it's what goes on in your mind what what separates you, you know. And it's just that, that elite mindset and um, that desire and drive. You know, you know, you know yourselves. Mm, beautiful man is that is that the difference between tyson and, and other people like i've never met him yeah. but just hearing that he is just mentally on a different level his ability to fight yeah. through adversity um moments when you think he's down and out is is that what kind of type of bloke he is tyson just has the, the stronger like of all the people i've met he just has that just never never believes he's gonna lose not only that though he's six foot eight you know, 19 stone. <laughs> so he has all the advantages. The longest re- I think he has the longest reach in boxing history. So he's got all the yeah. advantages, you know, as well as that. So there's no, you know, like he just takes every box. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, quickly, before we let you go, Andy Lee, how do you see tomorrow night panning out for SB-Dub? What will be the perfect fight for SB-Dub if he's going to get the job done? Well, I'd like for my, my um, not, not that he wins by knockout or do you, whatever, whatever, is that he goes out there and people that see a different, an improved fight, a mm. fighter, somebody who doesn't look like uh, some guy who's guessing about what he's doing, somebody who's, who you look and say, oh, this guy's actually, you know, this guy can fight, this guy looks like he belongs in there. Mm. That's what I want. And uh, mm. I think he hopefully Sonny does what he's supposed to do. He'll do that. And um, if he can get a knockout towards the end, it'll be nice. Oh, beautiful, beautiful. Well, I had a wee chat to uh, Joe Parker on Friday, and mate, he is as driven as I've ever seen Joe. And the changes that you've mm. been able to enforce with Joe, mate, it's got everyone over here in New Zealand excited. We're seeing a huge, huge difference with him, and uh, yeah, had a wee good catch up yeah. with him. So keep up the great work, Andy Lee, mate. We appreciate you on our show, and good luck tomorrow night with Sonny Bill Williams. And very thanks, well. lads. Thanks very much. Good to speak to you again. Cheers, Andy. Uh, we were just talking about the Warriors, and we heard from Vossi, insipid, insipid, weak and tasteless. He spoke about the Tigers. Well, if we come Monday, Kempi's going to tee off if they can't get that win against the tasteless and weak Tigers <laughs> come the weekend. Great to have your input. We've got the text machine flying too. We have Fraze coming in. As for the Warriors, they wouldn't be a Queensland Cup side. Bye-bye, Brownie. Frazy. He runs up and about. Well... Someone that was definitely not insipid. They were elegant, they were classy, and they were very, very good last night when they took on the steel. Grace Nowicki, she is on the line. Now, if you had concerns about the Northern Mystics after round one, they certainly put them to bed after two clinical performances this weekend. Saturday saw them return of star shooter Grace Nowicki, which had, was a huge factor in both wins, including last night against the Southern Steel on their home court. The first time they've won there since 2015. Grace is on the line now. Good morning, Grace. How are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Very, very good. Congratulations on last night and over the weekend and yourself for putting on some classy performances. 96% shooting rate, only missing two last night. You must be pretty pretty proud of how you performed over the weekend. Yeah, no, it's been a good two days on the road. Um, 
watched games and I'm just happy to be able to get out there again and um, have some good games. So, yeah, really stoked. What's what's the – tell us about the game plan during the week. Pretty much is it like you get yeah. one of the players giving you a little wink and, and just saying, stay there, I'll hit you, I'll just throw it up there and lob it up to Grace because she'll get it and she'll score the goals. What, what are those conversations like during the week? Yeah, I can't do what I do without my feeders and my goal tech and the lines that they run and the way that we train together. It makes, I guess, like my game look so good and our game as a unit look really good. But we train our like our setups and our um, attacking styles yeah, all through the weekend. We know what the goal is. So we're all on the same page in terms of how we want to play. And so it comes through like that um, pretty well once we get on court. Hey, Gracie, it's Tony here. here. Hey, um Louis's pretty happy that you hit fifty last night. He's um you know, he's on fire <laughs> on the punting. Um those fifty goals, like is it, uh, do you guys talk about, you know, I'm um, just get it to Gracie and just let her fire it up. Fifty out of fifty two, that's pretty impressive. On uh we don't really talk about numbers, eh? Like we just see how we go. I didn't even know that I'd hit fifty. I think when you get the game going and you just keep turning and shooting, the numbers will rack up. But I mean, it's a great um, number to get. Like, even getting 70 as a unit was um, huge for us. But now we just play and hope for the best and the numbers just get there, I guess. Tell us about your, your battle last night. There was a few familiar faces down with the steel. You had uh, Savia Tui and Kate Burley have just moved from the Mystics to the steel. And uh, there was a nice little mm. wee battle going on in the circle. Was there any chat? And, and how was that little battle when you're facing against someone that you've known for? and you've trained with and played with over the last couple of years? Yeah, there was lots of chat, lots of giggles. It was actually really good to have Kate in there. Um, we had a little catch-up, like, mid-game. Um, she's an awesome goalkeeper, and um, it was cool to start with her back at training again, you know, like, going back at it. And I um, was really happy with how I played against her, but I thought she played really well. But so cool to just see her doing so well at the steel and enjoying her netball. Nice. I love a little banter when you're facing players that you potentially train with and yeah, they yeah. know your game, so it's a it's a good wee battle. But tell us about the challenges of, of this year's ANZ Premiership and how you've you've had to overcome. I know the squads have had to dug deep into the into the squad and, and tell us about like the, the challenges and how you've been able to, to deal with those personally and overcome them. Yeah, it's been a different season for me for sure. I guess coming off um not being that involved in pre season because of being an MIQ from the Ferns tour mm. and then coming back in and having a couple of good weeks and then obviously um, having COVID and so being away um, and then having my return to play and missing the first game. It's been so different. And so uh, we spoke about at the very start of the season before Christmas, um, the team that wins with the team that's most adaptable. And so we've just been mm. trying to, you know, roll the punches and do what we can and, um, you know, take care of new ones coming in and just stay connected as a playing group. And so that's really helped us get through. And, and most of us have come out the other end of COVID okay. And so hopefully we should be sweet for the rest of the season. Yeah, well well done on that, Grace. Hey, what's what's your lofty goal, Grace? What's your lofty goal over the next couple, two, three years? What do you want to achieve? Yeah, um, I think I just really keep playing good netball and um, perform well for my team and Obviously, like, silver for selections um, every year at what players are looking at. And hopefully I can, you know, keep getting reselected. And um, obviously, Com Games and World Cup are, like, looming. So those are more exciting prospects that, you know, are in the back of my head. But if I keep playing good netball at the club level, like, those selections will come. So I guess it's more of an um, exciting 
opportunities ahead for me than it is like something that I'm focusing on day to day. But eventually I do want to get there. Grace, how do you transition your form from the Mystics to the black dress? And how, you, how do you feel like you're able to get the best out of what you're doing in the ANZ Premiership? to transform that over to, to the to the black dress and, and was there major differences from the from the both uh, competitions? Did you did you notice a, a big a change in intensity when you're playing for the Silver Ferns? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think I'm still trying to figure out how to um, you know, transition my game in a way that's um, meaningful. It's a very different style the way we play at Ferns versus the Mystics and they're both intense and they're both challenging, but I feel like obviously the opposition is a lot stronger and the standard of performance mm. at the firms is a lot higher as well. Um, and I guess my style at Mystics sometimes doesn't translate. And so I've definitely, over mm. the last couple of tours, have you know learned what's expected of me and what the coaching staff are looking for. And I've tried to grow my game in both areas. And I think the growth that I've made at Ferns definitely um, helps coming back into Mystics to you know share my learnings with the entire unit and build us together. So um, it's really cool to be able to do both. Grace, what part... Of um, does Dame Nolene play in that transition for you? What, what has she brought to your game? Yeah, it's been really cool to be coached by her and have her perspective. You know, she sees a lot of different things. Um, I've had a lot of work on my shot over the past year and a bit that I think has really helped me with my consistency and just the small things. There hasn't been anything major that has I've been told that I need to work on, but just the little things about my angles and my setup in the circle, that like little things that go a long way. Um, and those are the things that I'm taking back and trying to work on week by week. Awesome, awesome. Grace, well, just quickly before we let you go, are you a bit of a larrikin in the squad? What kind of role do you run? Well, you know, do you bring a lot of energy and, ex- <laughs> and laughter to trainings, or are you a bit of a prankster? Well, what are uh, you, Grace? I'm sure Kieran could fill you in. Um, I think I'm like, <laughs> I'm definitely the butt of the jokes in the team, like easy target. Um, <laughs> I'm always the one getting in trouble. I'm always the one to say, all the older ones had to piss on me. But I think I've, I think I've earned my stripes. And I had to start picking other people. But no, um, yeah, definitely last and trying to make it through the week without getting bullied. Oh, that's so funny. Just give, so just funny. give yeah. as good as you get, Gracie. Okay, back. just give yeah. it back. Yeah, I'm learning to. Just, just, just throw that 90, 96% up every time they talk. Just say 96%, mate. Don't worry about that. I'm pretty – just say – jump on my back again, girls. I'm carrying this team. Don't worry about me. How am I meant to fly like an eagle when I'm carrying you pelicans? No. I love it. Love it. Thank you so much, Grace. Uh, we appreciate you here on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Go well for the rest of the season. Thank you so much. Thanks very much, my pleasure. That was Grace Nowicki of the Northern Mystics. This Sunday, SENZ Netball debuts with Southern Steel versus the Stars, live from Invercargill from 4pm. SCNZ, we are Kiwi for netball. That was Grace Nowicki. Great to chat to her. She was open and honest and well. I just had to get a little bit of banter in there. It was all, it was all serious and well. We got it. We got it out of her. She's the butt of the joke. But wow, when you're carrying a team, you are the team. So don't worry about that. <laughs> I know Grace. who the pal- I know who the pelican was at five past six this morning. <laughs> oh, cut it out. <laughs> cut it out. <laughs>
Man, I've been carrying you. I've been carrying. I've been carrying you. Seagull. I hear I've been you. Your seagulls for a week. <laughs> he's back. He's back off the back fence. I've been carrying your seagulls for a week, mate. The eagle was tired. Eight and a half minutes past. Eight and a half minutes away from nine a.m. this morning. Stephen McIver is filling in for Smithy. Baz is for breakfast. Baz over in India. Daggy down in Christchurch. Kempi here part time. And we'll be back to wrap up the show after this. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect. Combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Maccas, together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.